0: Hello and welcome to today's Early Bird episode of The Sunday Gear Up. I say Early Bird because I will be traveling this weekend and I want to make sure that I get an episode out because it's really, 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 really important to be consistent, especially when it comes to success. So what I'm going to talk about today is kind of a theme of the week. And when you look back at your own week... What are some themes that you've noticed? What are some patterns that have gone on the week? I know for me, this week has been about reframing how you look at things, uh, and specifically restructuring, uh, or being in the practice of restructuring your brain so that it's optimized for success. So that it's optimized to look at, uh, negatives as positives. So it's optimized. So that when you're uh, in a situation that's very difficult, that you view it as an opportunity and not something that holds you back. You see, when obstacles are viewed as, well, obstacles and not as opportunities, then that's what they become. And I think I talked about this last week, or at least I I wrote an article about this, where if you label something as, uh, say, An obstacle or a problem then that's what it becomes but if you label something as uh, that could be a problem but label it as an opportunity then that's what that becomes and a lot of things i run into when it's coaching is like well that sounds great justin but how does it how does somebody get there um you know what does somebody do to be able to do that all the time and it's with practice another article i wrote was gratitude is a skill it's not just this thing that you look in the mirror and you know magic rainbows and unicorns just start flying out of it because you know you've you've done some gratitude exercises. Gratitude's like playing a guitar or learning a new language or you know learning how to code a computer program like it's a skill and it takes time uh, to be able to get good at that skill. So it's not like when people, Uh, When you look at articles and it's like gratitude is the, you know, way to success, you know, gratitude's the best. Here's five ways to be grateful. It's not a quick fix and it's not going to happen overnight, which is why I think a lot of those articles uh, kind of, I think they help people in a way, but I think they also don't point out that it's a skill, it's a practice, and it's going to require hard work to be able to do those things. And so what I want to talk about today is how do you do those things? Now, I'm not going to promise an overnight fix, and I will preface this episode with saying that I am certainly not a neuroscientist, um, or ne- neuroscientist, and I'm certainly not a psychologist, but I have been studying this stuff for a long time, and it, and everything that I'm going to share in this episode is something that you can freely uh, do your own research. And in fact, in the show notes, I'll include a lot of links uh, that talk about these sort of things. So... Let's dive into it now. I began this episode with a theme of the week, and I want to continue this theme because I think it'll be, be important uh, for you going forward into next week. So when you look at some of the themes of the week, you know what do you see? What has come up for you? It's usually that regular, consistent thing that you're 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 dealing with. So <clears throat> for me, what came up this week uh, was it, it was a deep interest in. Uh, rewiring the brain. I, I saw some articles on it and then uh, I, I I had a coaching session, um, actually a client I just spoke with yesterday. Um, we talked about this very thing and I'll share his story in a minute. And it what we spent a lot of time on yesterday was this idea that uh, programs that are going and they're ongoing and they're running and these programs keep uh, manifesting and showing up through actions that he's taking and It's not producing the results he wants and it's causing uh, a pretty deep depression to the point where he's just sick and tired and sick and tired and wants uh, some change really quickly. So to get into it, his uh, background is, uh, which is similar to a lot of people's and that is that he's, he feels lonely because he travels a lot for work. Uh, So he's never really in one spot for more than a few months. So he travels a lot for work he feels uh, a bit lonely and he has a hard time connecting uh, with the women that he's interested in and more importantly what we worked on yesterday is he has this idea around love uh, that if if this idea doesn't show up that he gets massively disappointed and really upset and he takes it out on himself so an example of this is he ended up meeting uh, a lady and we'll call her ashley so ashley And my friend, John, so John and Ashley met and, uh, John's not his real name. So, uh, no worries about that, John, but John and Ashley, uh, met on a trip and they hung out about eight times. And, and so to understand where, where John's coming from, John is always searching for love. He's always, always searching, uh, for love. And so, uh, that's sort of the story that goes on behind his mind. So every time he's out and every time he's interacting with women, He's always trying to find the one that's going uh, to, that the one that he can marry, the one that he can build a relationship, the one in reality that's going to fill this hole that he has because a lot of people when they search for love and companionship, it's not coming from a place of, I feel good about myself and so therefore I'm going to share and build a relationship with somebody else. Oftentimes when people get into a relationship, it's to fill a hole that they have Um, But it's not a hole that they know that they have. So for him, when he looks for love, he's looking for self-acceptance. He's looking for somebody to tell him that it's okay. He's looking for somebody uh, to appreciate him. And when you don't have those things on your own, You end up walking in the world looking for that in other people. And when you don't see that or when you don't receive that from other people, it can either cause uh, a great amount of depression and or and or be very angry uh, at the world or with other people because you're not getting what you feel you fundamentally need. And the reason why you're not getting what you feel that you fundamentally need is because you're not self-generating it yourself. So it's not coming from within. It's coming. You're looking for it externally. And that's where this idea that expectations uh, will lead to devastation. So like my own mentor, that's uh, something that she says a lot, is that expectations will lead to devastation. And the reason being is because this idea, so John had this idea about Ashley that she was going to be the one. She's going to fix his problems and all that. And Ashley picked this up. She said, "Uh, "Whoa, that's not me. That's not what I signed up for. And what ended up happening was... reality hit John's face pretty hard because he operated with this idea. He projected these ideas onto Ashley. Ashley didn't turn out to be the person that his expectations or his mind was looking for, and it really hit him like a ton of bricks because he viewed her signs of interest as signs of supporting his idea and expectations. And so his world crumbled. And not just in this one instance, like, listen, He was traveling, it was overseas. You know, you look at the data and be like, well, what was the big deal, right? She's in another country. You're not even going to be there for a while. Uh, Why don't you guys just enjoy each other's time? But he can't because he always has that program running. It's always running in the background. So he can't actually just enjoy himself and have a good time. He can't allow himself to be present. And where all this is going is that he's had years and years and years of wiring around this idea so much so that it just becomes automatic. So he doesn't—he wasn't even aware that every time he looks at, uh, what, let's just call um, them Ashleys, every time he looks at an Ashley, Ashley is the representation of his expectations of brown love. So every time he looks at an Ashley, uh, that same program just runs over and over and over again. When I asked him, is that, does it, so Ashley wasn't the first, right? No, Ashley wasn't the first. So this happened often? Yeah. The reason why this happened often, the reason why it's, happening over and over and over again is because his brain is wired to look for these things and that's what i wanted to get into today now i'm not going to dive into the super duper mechanics of neuroplasticity which i'll describe in a minute uh you know i'm not a neuroscientist i just happen to really enjoy these things Uh, i will certainly provide research but the idea is that this has been a compounding thing that it probably started uh, years and years ago. And this is the th- one thing that he's been struggling for years because he hasn't become aware of the program and he hasn't figured out ways to deal with the program. And it's hard to do when you're not even aware of it. So that's what we did was we, uh, increased his awareness around this program that's running. So how can you apply this to your life? Well, with John, Uh, He actually does meditate, which is good, because meditation will show you and train you that you are not your thoughts. And so there's a a couple principles, and that's one of them. And why don't we just start with that one? The first one principle that I want to go over is that you're not your thoughts. So you might think that your thoughts because, well, they come from you and you own them. But the reality is is when the research that's being uh, done today shows that our brains actually produce electricity. That's where they think our thoughts come from. So if, if you follow that line of logic, then thought is really just a, a part of thought is really just electronic uh, signals being fired off on the brain. So that's one aspect of thought. The other aspect of thought is history, right? We tend to think the same thoughts over and over again. And you don't need science. I mean, just think about all the things that you might think over and over again, like maybe not having enough money or always ending up in a bad relationship or... Uh, not enjoying your job or not being good enough or not feeling particularly skilled. Whatever it is, chances are it's it's like a merry-go-round and you just keep thinking those same thoughts over and over and over again. And what ends up happening um, is some people will, will take those thoughts and they'll take ownership of them. And when you take ownership of those thoughts, that there becomes a, an emotional response. And what happens when there's an emotional response tied to thought is you go there. So if you think a sad thought, and then you get emotionally attached to a sad thought, you're going to be in a sad state of mind. So the first principle is that you are not your thoughts. Your thoughts are electronic uh, signals being fired off in the brain. And that's why we think 50,000 thoughts on average, it is is thought to be uh, that we think. So uh, to wrap this up, you are not your thoughts, and meditation helps that. Meditation has also shown, uh, they did this interesting study, which I'll post up in the notes uh, on tibetan monks and what they've shown is that through hours of thousands of hours of meditation they actually uh tibetan monks have actually uh, restructured their brain um so much so that it's just geared towards peace and and um happiness which is kind of crazy to think about because if that's true then think about all the other things that you could uh train your brain to do right and so the second thing that Me and john went over was gratitude and i started with this saying that gratitude is a skill well the way to get better at any skill is to practice it right and how do you practice it well you make it a habit so uh for john his his practice for the next 30 days i gave him a nice 30 day challenge his practice for the next 30 days is to every morning when he gets up before he checks his phone before he checks Facebook, before he gets distracted by the world, that he has a moment uh, with himself and a pen and paper and to write down 10 things that he's grateful for. And, you know, these can be the same 10 things uh, for, you know, a little while until it just doesn't actually feel grateful for. But I I instructed to, uh, and what we're working with is to list out 10 things that you're grateful for. It could be having shoes it could be having clothes it could be having it could be having a roof over your head it could be having water fresh clean water it could be the fact that you can take a hot shower or a laptop or a computer or the opportunity to make money Um, it can be a lot of those things and and so it doesn't necessarily have to be these big great things in fact I even encouraged him to be thankful for the stuff that has happened in the past that he felt wronged by because if he didn't go through those things then he wouldn't be where he is today which is on a great path of personal development and self uh, awareness so you got to take the good with the bad and that and the way to do that is to be thankful for those things so you can be thankful for stuff that you have presently you can be thankful for Uh, And what that means, by the way, is being thankful that you woke up, being thankful that you have a job to go to, being thankful that you you have the ability to make money, being thankful uh, that you're able to uh, spend your day on a planet that is in the middle of a solar system, in the middle of a universe that's kind of like a freaking island because we haven't found a planet like ours. So if you want to take gratitude to the ultimate level, you were born on an island, not a bad gig. So the other thing that you can be thankful for is uh, what I call what's to come. So it's not the future, right? It's not this uh, idea of the future, but what's to come. So let's say you, uh, you have an interview today, a job interview, right? That's pretty exciting, right? Um, so that's what's, what's to come. Maybe you have a, a date. Maybe you're uh, going to see your family. Maybe you're going to hang out with some friends. Being thankful that you can actually do that. And so with John, and this is something that anybody can do, Not only do we have him doing that in the morning, we also have him working at it in the evening. So in the evening he's going to say things that he's thankful for, uh, that were four to five things that happened during the day that he feels pretty good about and not just the ones that he feels good about, but also included in that four to five items of the stuff that didn't go so well, because the more you do this, the more you practice being thankful, for things that have happened in your life, you do this for 30 days or more, I suggest longer, but if you do this for at least 30 days, you're, you will notice that when you wake up, you'll feel a little bit happier, you'll be more energized, and you're gonna be more excited about your life because you've literally trained your brain to do that. And this gets us down to the last principle, which is neuroplasticity. And neuroplasticity is the idea that your brain structure can alter over time. And i'm paraphrasing here it's not the exact definition but that's roughly close to it and this goes against sort of the traditional view that our brain structure is uh, solid right after our adolescent years in other words our brain structure doesn't change we get what we have and that's it but what they're finding through numerous amount of research is that our brain structure actually uh, can evolve over time Just like with the Tibetan monk uh, example I uh, brought up earlier. And there's another example. They did a study on London cab drivers, and they mapped their brains. And what they found was that they had strong neural pathways to the visual-spatial cortex of their brain, meaning that they're able to process uh, spatial imagery a lot quicker than normal people. And it's because they've had to, right? If you're at that job, you've been at the job for say 10 years, you've gotten pretty good. Well, why'd you get pretty good? Because your brain started to make pathways that helped this particular role or job become easier. You can think of it as learning a language, right? Or playing guitar. Uh, any, any of those things that you do repeatedly, your brain's going to create strong neural pathways so that you can do it more efficiently. Uh, a fundamental principle about our brain is that it runs on efficiency. In fact, <clears throat> our brain can compute more things than any supercomputer on the planet at a lower wattage uh, than than traditional supercomputers. So our brains are very, very, very efficient and they look for efficiency. And moreover, when you look for, uh, or when you look at it from a evolutionary perspective, it would make more sense that our brains could evolve over time. That would make a really darn good survival mechanism, wouldn't it? This brings me to another case that was pointed out in the book Incognito. And I'm blanking on the author's name, but it's a great book. It's called Incognito. You can get it on Audible, which is where I got it and found it. And he he references, he spends a good amount of time referencing one study of Alzheimer's patients. Now, my grandma suffered from Alzheimer's, so I'm, I'm very familiar with the symptoms of this. But what they studied was uh, people that had worked uh, or kept their brain sharp, or what they would describe as keeping their brain sharp. So they do uh, crossword puzzles. They're always learning something new or experiencing a new experience, or you know they play chess, or they do things that uh, mentally keep them busy. And what they found was that they should have Alzheimer's. Their brain structure shows Alzheimer's. But what happened was, is that because they've kept their, what they think happened is because that they kept their mind sharp and busy, that their brain actually remaps some of the areas around uh, those parts of the brains that were no longer useful. So there's a really fascinating Uh, research that's being done on this but more importantly when we think about going into next week it's about one themes it's about thinking about how you can benefit your life by not doing some affirmations but by doing uh, a successful habit or a habit that leads to success that could help you rewire your brain for success. So maybe that's working on gratitude to have a more positive outlook. That's a pretty common one. Uh, maybe if it's a part of your future and something that you wanna do and you wanna create an app, maybe it's learning how to code or at least learning what you need to learn to be able to code. You know, Keeping that mind active and busy is, is not only a, a thing that could help you later on in life, but it can help you immediately and rather immediately too. So as we wrap up this Sunday's edition or this early bird edition of the Sunday gear up, those are some things to think about. What are some themes that have happened this week and what can you do next week to train your brain for success? Thank you for joining and I will be sure to post up some of the show notes and have a great, fantastic week.